Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Shutdown Podcast. Welcome to the Shutdown Podcast. You are listening to the internet's only college football podcast. It is Thanksgiving week for many of you. This means entertaining children who will be out of school and in your house where they've probably been for the past seven to eight months anyway, and then entertaining them for another week straight. So really, there is no time. There is no calendar. But for others, it's going to be a time of celebrating Thanksgiving like nothing is different, like nothing happened. Uh, this is my way of saying, I think that's how Dabo Swinney will celebrate it. Because it's, ep- it's not a pandemic. We just have to be positive. You know, Dabo's an old-fashioned guy, and he's going to celebrate Thanksgiving the old-fashioned way by uh, traveling down to visit a team named after uh, a Native American tribe, bringing with him an infectious disease. No tradition like a new tradition. The quote from Dabo Swinney regarding the cancellation of or the postponement they've already rescheduled this game correct jason clemson fsu i don't not that i have seen i think they've said they intend to wait dabbo's throwing a fucking tantrum over a game that's being rescheduled it's not even canceled i haven't seen any rescheduling notice it's not official but um i'm double checking i mean i don't know but they both have they both have 12 12 open so uh, yeah, I mean, 
I don't see any reason to reschedule. This feels like like a lip service rescheduling, like we've seen several times this year, where it's like, yeah, we'll we'll put we'll, we'll get something on the books, you know. And and that was even before all this. So now it's like, there's <laughs> doubly no reason for this game to happen now. So here's the quote, and uh, this comes from the Athletics, Clemson football reporter Grace Rayner. In this case, uh, Dabo Swinney is really upset. Quote. This game was not canceled because of COVID. COVID was just an excuse to cancel the game. End quote. Says FSU administration forfeited the game. If Florida State wants to play Clemson, they can home to Death Valley, he says, or they can pay for Clemson's travel. Oh, yeah, because Clemson's poor. If take cleared. Like, I like Dabo God. worrying about Clemson's finances there. Like, We're going to have to do a special right. collection over at New Spring. What an experience that'll be, unlike anything that's ever happened in that building before. Just have to pass the plate. Mm. Special like, second Like, what collection. is Clemson's... Clemson's single biggest expense is Dabo, and he's worried about Dab- uh, Clemson's expenses. That's funny, I guess. Is it... Is he worried they're not going to be able to pay him? <laughs> he's just being a very lawful steward... The thing I also, there are many things about this that I do not understand. One, that Debo was not excited to finally bring Christianity to the heathen acres of Leon County and Tallahassee. I mean, like, these people, they don't have any civilization. Just got a football stadium. They got a Guthrie's. They state, got a, ca- state capital looks like uh, penis. <laughs> or middle finger. Either way, it's very representative of the state of Florida and of the, I guess, uh, heathen ideal that Leon County has to represent to Dabo Swinney's gentle Christian eyes. But that he was upset about this and also that you're going to get this up in arms about things that will not happen. They won't. Nobody, you agreed on these protocols before the game. Your medical staff said they were violated, and you have a disagreement. But the conference is going to make you play these games. TV is going to make you play these games. They're not going to move it to Death Valley because that doesn't happen. They're not going to pay for Clemson's travel because that's not going to happen either. I really don't think Debo understands what's going on at Florida State if he thinks they have any extra money to throw around. They don't. I know they're paying, what, one and a half coaches right now? Two? Maybe, if you count it. And Florida State does not have the kind of booster program that can just throw money around willy-nilly. Unlike some extremely muddied universities like, oh, I don't know, picking one at random. South Carolina just decided to pay a $13 million buyout to one Will Muschamp. who sure gets those big contracts. Yeah, none of that's happening. Okay, that's our show. Good job, everybody. That's it. We did it. It just, just, um, we're up to what? Like, we're closing in on probably 100 games that have been canceled or postponed Mm -hmm. this season. In FBS, FCS largely has not played at all. Um, You know, and you think back on, like, what other programs have, like, what their seasons have looked like. Houston, what? had a month of delays and false starts before they even played their first game. Um, 
Charlotte and Georgia Tech both it feels like have not played in like three weeks or something. Um, Stanford had its starting quarterback uh, held out of a game for what turned out to be a false positive. Wisconsin started the year one and zero and had to sit out a couple weeks after. Like, if there is one common thread here, it is that yeah, everybody who who decides to play this year is going to do so under um very tenuous and very fragile circumstances and that means games are going to get moved that means like Cal is going to find out on 36 hours notice that they're playing UCLA what what particularly sucks in this case is that Dabo Swinney likes to fashion himself as a leader in in many senses of the word for the sport for his personal beliefs, for his team. And whenever he has these opportunities to like say something or do something that might suggest awareness of perspective beyond like what is happening to me and what is happening to my team and here what is making me unhappy about it, he just like fucking whiffs every time. And that's and, and like frankly that sucks because, you know, it doesn't have to be that way. He doesn't, he, there, there's no, like, there's nothing to gain from essentially saying Florida State canceled a football game in bad faith. He's, he's accusing another team in his own conference of ducking, of ducking Clemson without, like, any strong evidence for it. Like, at best case, he doesn't agree with their call. And it's like, what a fucking shameful example. Like, you're, you, if, if the whole point, of being a college football coach other than the obscene amount of money you make is that you're supposed to be a leader and an example and show young men like how to be and how to act. Dabo Swinney just like only, only delivers on like very specific parts of it. And it's not like, Hey, sometimes bad things are going to happen to you and you're not going to, and you're going to think it's unfair and you have to, I don't know, turn the other cheek wouldn't that be interesting? Like it's 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 mostly disappointing at this point because it doesn't have to be this way. He could just say there is a way to say we thought this game should have happened. We felt prepared. Florida State didn't. We understand that like given the circumstances this kind of thing is going to happen. If we can play them again, we'll play them again. If not, we'll all move on. Like what how how is that going to put him in a worse position? I mean, I just like why do, why would anyone want to So you got to leave Florida 5 hours early. That's always good. Who doesn't want to do that, right? Sure. Like yeah. that like get out of Florida free card. And like who needed this game? Who who needed to see Clemson beat Florida State by 35 points to risk an injury injury to Trevor Lawrence? He's going to be in there for two drives, sure, but still, you know, and Clemson doesn't need playoff rankings help. No one needed this game. And it, it, all it is is, you know, so I, 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 we'll probably be hearing about this for years. That's the, th- <laughs> that's the awesome. thing. Like Clemson and FSU fans are going to argue about and bring this up, you know, years from now because awesome. of, uh, uh, you know, a disagreement on, on, on how one player's uh, medical status was handled. Fantastic. Would you, would you consider Nick Saban to be a reasonable person? I wouldn't. There's nothing reasonable about the way that dude does anything. At times, it, it, it at times, you know, Reasonab- one of those times. Reasonable, like a calculator, R- right? 
one of the times that this is how bizarre the situation has gotten that um when lsu and alabama a big marquee game on the schedule was postponed due to this in public nick saban said um yeah i mean that's cool <laughs> like this kind of stuff is going to happen in this year in this season when you're not when nick saban's being more reasonable than you about things I'm not saying it's a 100% one-for-one correlation with check yourself, but it's definitely a flashing light. It's an indicator that maybe you've gone too far afield in the name of in the name of having football brain, of having coach brain. Is when even Nick Saban is like, ah, you know, that that's not the way I would have handled it. <laughs> so like last year, Dabo's thing was. Um... He had this big lie going all year long about the media doesn't believe in us, right? Mm-hmm. And like, you know, the media that had you at, what, number two, number three, whatever, the entire season. Um, yeah. And so this year it's going to be, you know, Clemson, you know, say, loses the title game to Bama, Ohio State, whoever. It's going to be, well, if we'd gotten those extra reps in against Florida State, this wouldn't have happened, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, that, that's That's it. That's... It's going to be gnawing. It's like, where did we miss? Where where were we not optimal? Where did we miss a rep? It's a good thing that manufacturing grievances isn't a larger metaphor for anything else going on in the country. Anyway. Speaking of somebody who definitely deserves your prayers, um, Joe Burrow. I Joe Burrow. Say Matt Leinart. <laughs> no. <laughs> Matt, no. Matt Leinart's going through it, brother. <laughs> Holly's already got that per circle fired up. Yeah, Matt Matt Leinert, who decided to, on Twitter an hour ago, say, well, before our taping, said that, you know, hey, uh, L.A. just closed all dining indoor outdoors for three weeks. Can't wait to move out of this awful place. Double space, ridiculous, end period. The double space. That's, that's intriguing. I think Matt that, Leinert. does that mean his lawyer typed that tweet? That does mean his lawyer typed that tweet. He's using deposition style. That's, uh, yeah, that's Rudy Giuliani's new job is tweeting for Matt Leinert. Oh God, that would be amazing. I mean, why not? You got Urban Meyer and apparently Matt Leinert's of the same mindset in that booth, right? Sure, <laughs> throw Rudy in there as well. The Max Q, the Q is strong in that <laughs> big, room. Big Q Saturday. Big Q. <laughs> it's a conspiracy that I can't get my Southwest egg rolls from Chili's. I mean, how did they launch that? How did Fox launch their pregame show? It was ESPN's obsessed with the SEC. We're here to bring you the, you know, the Big Ten storm is coming. We're going to bring you the facts from overlooked middle America. Like, they went hard on the Big Ten versus the SEC stuff. So They did. The, the Naturally, the powerful... And who better to represent that than Matt Leinart? Matt Leinart pow- and Reggie Bush. Yeah, the powerful <laughs> elites of the SEC. Humble humble farmers, Matt Leinart and Reggie Bush. I'm a margarita farmer. Does Reggie does Reggie Bush just be like, "Hey, thanks for the handoff," and just handoffs and just disappears at the end of every broadcast? There, like, what you you gonna hang around and talk to Herb? No, Reggie's out. I don't think that conversation lasts very long. Joel Clad is probably like, "Hey, you want to go get something to eat?" Reggie's like, "Nah, <laughs> I got a thing I gotta get to right now." Um, yeah, he's going through it. I said he could go get served in the Rose Bowl. Anytime. But yeah, you know they, I would. They still uh yeah, they they keep his number. They got his they still got his number. Yeah, that's true. Um 
But yeah, Matt Liner, prayers, buddy, going for it. And, and you know, actual actual thoughts and happy happy thoughts and well wishes to Joe Burrow who messed up his knee. Uh, yeah. So here's how bad it's going for um, our beloved collective son Joe Burrow. Uh, I found out the news looking at the trending column on Twitter where I saw Joe Burrow trending with, you know how it says trending with, and it has like related terms. It said Joe Burrow trending with Matt Ryan. And I was like, oh shit, that bad, huh? And then clicked and it was even worse somehow. That's, that's, that's never good when you're, when you're in a, when when you're in a trending pair with Matt Ryan and things are going worse for you than for Matt Ryan. Yeah. You hope it's just like, oh, Joe Burrow bought a very bad, pair of jeans <laughs> this mf looks like matt ryan <laughs> just out there looking like a walking crate and barrel that man <laughs> yeah the nfl ruins everything that's 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 what i remember it happened at fedex field where you know nothing good has ever happened ever and it happened because they were playing washington and it happened because our beautiful son Joe Burrow had his you first call extremely him, you bad You can call him their whole name, the whole name now, Washington football team. Washington football team. Woofed. Woofed. The waft. The waft. Work from toilet. That's what it stands for. <laughs> <laughs> now that's 2020. Oh, working from just <laughs> the Washington football team, working from the toilet for the past 25 years. Um, these are all very, very dark, mean things to start a podcast with. So I think we can shift into something that is qualifiably and quantifiably hilarious. Because these are uncertain times, as you will hear. And in uncertain times, I think we as Americans can all agree on one thing, which is this. Everything about the Big Ten is absolutely hilarious. Everything. This weekend... Everything about the Big Ten was funny. Like, not not an unfunny thing in there. Ryan, did you watch Michigan Rutgers? Um, I watched the part that mattered. I watched overtime. I watched the last Rutgers drive, and I watched uh, overtime. And there were was, several overtimes. There were. There were, what, did we go to three overtimes? Yeah, that's a lot, uh, Michigan. Yeah. And that was... I know. Listen, I know Rutgers was leading this game before, uh, earlier, and in a different universe, Rutgers wins this game outright in regulation. Certainly had a chance to win in overtime. I don't. I'm not that upset about it. In part because um, because of this game, I got to share with Holly the name of Rutgers kicker, and I hope Holly it has cemented itself into your brain um, i can provide it for you okay that'd be valentino ambrosio that is right ambrosio uh, valentino ambrosio <laughs> gorlami mm-hmm. valentino ambrosio the kicker uh for Rutgers, who really does come from the soccer team yeah that is, that is where he comes from um as if the idea of Michigan Rutgers being in overtime wasn't funny enough. Because I believe it was just three three short years ago that Michigan beat Rutgers 78-0. Last year it was 52-0, I'm pretty sure. Yeah. Yeah. So two years ago, actually. 
yeah, it was it was seventy eight zero, and then it was in the fifties, and and we've cut that down to a regression rate of you are tied with Rutgers going into OT after you were up eight. So the last uh, six Michigan Rutgers games, um, 49-16, nothing, 35-14, 42-7, nothing, and 48-42 in triple overtime. <laughs> Where'd that come from? <laughs> Rutgers scored the game-tying touchdown, I believe, on fourth down, and then scored a two-point conversion that looked like absolute disaster. Like it, it looked like it had no chance of working, but it did. And then they they really should have won this game in the first overtime. They really should. Because Michigan comes out, gets the ball first, misses a field goal, and then Rutgers Rutgers decides to like play it extremely safe. They they like run two kind of plays. It's like a short run up the middle. They try a little swing pass out at the side that loses the meager yards that the short run up the middle accomplished. And then they center the ball on third down. They just, like, don't even try to gain any yards. And, of course, the kicker narrowly misses. Um, and they have to extend the game. But, mind yeah, you, yeah. Mind you, Rutgers had a sick play. They had a sick TD play. and Oh, immediately they after they missed the field goal, yeah. You know, that means that they had a sick TD play in the first overtime when all they had to do was score, and instead they decided to rely on shaky kicker, and then immediately trotted out the oh we can score when we want to. He's he, he had he had been a good kicker that game, so I like. But but just generally speaking, don't kind of a, don't kind say of a, like let's let it rest on like a forty-five yard field. Well, it's college football. You're not new here. Well, I mean for. Yeah, Greg, Greg Schiano's not new here. Greg Schiano is an NFL head coach, so he, I think he was used to having Martine Gramatica. Sure, back there. yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was uh, it was just so much Rutgers football that Michigan fans had to watch, and now <laughs> now they now now Michigan fans have to like be like, well, I guess the program is trending up. Technically, that, <laughs> technically that counts as. Forward progress, <laughs> three overtime winning on the on the, on the road in an incredibly empty stadium against Rutgers. Great job, guys. Uh, that is funny, and it's not the only funny, because like we said, everything in the Big Ten was funny. Uh, Illinois, Illinois managed to once again thank Nebraska for bringing college football back. Which, remember, they did. Single-handedly. Yeah, they thank them by beating them 41-23. You ask, well, what would be funnier? Was it in Lincoln? Yeah, it was in Lincoln, y'all. Oh, God, that's... And then then posted about it on the the school Twitter account. uh, Oh, 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 did they? (laughs) <laughs> the exact message that uh, Spencer just conferred, um, and then deleted it, and and well, you know, we'll probably never know exactly why, but uh, amidst some foul crying by uh, at least one member of the Nebraska beat writership about the uh, lack of classiness, and they're gonna tattle to Lovey Smith about making fun of the Huskers, their valiant effort to restore football. Also, I'm looking at this box score and. Um, 
Adrian Martinez is still in the league. Yeah. Had had a very efficient had a very efficient day too. Yeah, he was their better passer. Uh, I see him as throwing four of them. (laughs) Yes, three. But but he did, and one of them one of them turned out really well. Yeah, so maybe I don't know. You might want to think about that because I've seen Luke McCaffrey throw a pass, and it's not very pretty. It doesn't tend to go the right way either. There's more comedy. Oh, way more comedy. Then Nebraska taking another rich prize for bringing back football. No, there was more thanking to go around. For years of competition and tight games, the Iowa Hawkeyes decided to reward Penn State with their fifth loss of the season, a 41-21 defeat. How funny was it? Oh, oh, it, it's it's good because Penn State is, is 0-5. Did I mention they're 0-5? Jason, there are new historical highs or lows <laughs> associated the, with this, correct? Yes, this sets this sets uh, several records. One is I someone said it's the first zero and five start for Penn State ever, um, but the number that we've been tracking here is they have become the first ever top ten team to go zero and five, and they are now a three and a half point underdog in their next game. So zero and six. Some would say likely, but that would mean giving Michigan a likely win. That feels bold. Um, but, yeah, 0-5 is in the books. The record is clinched. And it'll be really difficult to top because this is hard to do these days. Like, it's it's partly a fluke of, of scheduling, but still, you lost five games. Uh, yeah, five. Oh, and five. And as someone helpfully tweeted out at 12.01 a.m. on... Sunday morning, just after midnight. This is Penn State Michigan week. <laughs> That's right. The uh, as soon as the game ended, the Moon Crew Twitter account made sure to trumpet the fact that we have now entered. I kind of, I really want to look this up, figure out a way to calculate it. This, this, <clears throat> this has got to be a top ten sickos game of all time, like ever, ever. You know. This like, I, this could be the veritable end of the Harbaugh era, right? This could be Penn State top ten to zero and six, staring down zero and eight. Mm-hmm. Um, like the winningest is Michigan. Or I can never keep track. Michigan or Notre Dame? Which one is the winningest? But either way, you know, two 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 of the ten best programs ever in this predicament. This is a this is whole new levels of sicko. Um, here is a fun number. So Penn State has uh, Penn State has played five games so far. Uh, Southern Miss has played nine games so far, and Southern Miss, I believe, is on their third head coach of the season. Southern Miss has not had a great year um, by any stretch, so it's not like we're comparing um, <clears throat> a really successful team to a really unsuccessful team. They're two and seven right now. Uh, in nine games, Southern Miss has turned the ball over 13 times. Penn State, in five games, has equaled that. Tied. Impressive. The efficiency with which Penn State just gives the ball away. It's not just that they're bad. It's that they're a focused kind of bad. Yeah. That's they, impressive. It, I, the other thing that Penn State is doing that is in some ways a kindness is they're, like, bad right out the gate. They're, like, you don't even have to pay that much attention to a Penn State game, and you can look up and you'd be like, oh, down 17, all right. Well, <laughs> good to know. 
Like they really, they don't, they don't sort of like keep you on the hook. You don't get to halftime thinking like, well, you know, we're right in this just a feel. It's like, oh shit, we're gonna have to. <laughs> God damn it. Well, they do this amazing thing because against Indiana and Nebraska, they played the better game but didn't have more points. Yes. This is never to take away anything from our beloved Hoosiers who earn, who have earned everything they've scraped for in their lives and then some. But um, this game was not that. <laughs> this game, no. they just got their asses whooped. Yeah. I mean, n- noble comebacks aside, because they tried real hard. I wanted to cover this. That uh, were we done with Big Ten hilarity? No, 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 no. There, there's more. There's more. Purdue and Minnesota ended on the worst call I've ever God. seen. This, this is the one thing that I think breaks your rule because it's not. This was so incredibly not funny. Oh, it's funny. Okay. Just in, like <laughs> it's funny in all of the different ways in which I think Jeff Brome is going to later have some kind of petty property damage to base vengeance on this ref. Sure. Yeah. Because especially by the way, the in this game decided by a craptacular, insanely bad call on a pass interfer an offensive pass interference. Any game that gets decided on OPI is instantly fishy because who calls OPI? Unless OPI it happens against the Saints. Then it's then yeah. it's fine. Then it's yeah. hilarious. Yeah. Right? And if it happens against Purdue in a game that they were struggling like hell to win at the at the buzzer, uh, then it becomes a just dark comedy. Just macabre. Let's, let's say it is always funny if it happens to Drew Brees teams who are black and gold. Right? <laughs> then recovered. Wow. See? There's, there's a pattern here, yeah. Um, this is, by the way, Purdue's quarterback in this game is Jack Plummer. No relation to Jake. He's tall, kind of moves like Jake. Had an amazing night going 35 for 42. Kind of had a little bit of swagger about him. Kind of looked a lot like Jake Plummer. No relation. I don't believe anyone who tells me this, but apparently he's no relation. Do you think he could be Jake Plummer? I think uh, it might have been uh, Jay Arnold who suggested we call him Jack the Snack Plummer. (laughs) He is a snack, though. He looked great. And he threw the game-winning TD, but it was taken away by, again, the worst call I have ever seen, and that is not an exaggeration. Like, just terrible, awful, no good, very bad call. Uh, For a minute, it looked like Jeff Brown was going to get out of blackjack and take care of it on the field. If this had been a high school game, it would have been the kind where they're like, yeah, you need to get out of here. You need to drive. Yeah. You need to leave Dade County right now. Because they've already set your car on fire. Yeah. Just as, as bad as bad an outcome as you could possibly imagine in giving Minnesota their second win of the season. I got one more. One more in the Big Ten comedy rankings here. And that would be Wisconsin-Northwestern because Northwestern won this game with a success rate in the third quarter of 0%. What did Northwestern's offense do in the third quarter? Officially, <laughs> nothing. Take up time. That's all they did. Exist. Waste. That's they just sat there and they just They parked the bus, baby. This is this is like this is a soccer match. Consume the Northwestern entropy. Yeah, just sitting there watching the lake, man. (laughs) 
I I wish they had like kicked the ball out of bounds a bunch just to like kill time. <laughs> I wish they had had the trainer come out with the fake spray and spray it on somebody's butt. Ref holds Just up a, a like a big, you know, seven at the end. Plus seven two, minutes of plus extra time. <laughs> uh, Wisconsin scored with five fourteen left in the first quarter. Graham Mertz pass uh, for a touchdown. That was the last time they scored any points, any at all. They just kept it rolling, just kept it going. Yeah. Whole lot, just straight zeros the rest of the time. Clean sheet, baby. Clean sheet. This is a 17-7 game in the year 2020 really shouldn't happen. And yet, so, here we are. I like uh, that we had two two Big Ten matchups of undefeated teams. And Indi- Indiana lost theirs. Close, like a game that for, for a stretch was not close, but they battled back and had the ball and like could have tied things up. Didn't work out. And they dropped three spots in the ranking. They, they dropped from 9 to 12. And that's like pretty reasonable and wisconsin you know played northwestern who's now five and oh who who you know deserve must must be paid some attention and played a um god clean is not the word i want to use but but a they played a game and wisconsin for losing a close game to an undefeated team dropped eight spots all the way from 10 to 18 just like yeah. get out of here, Wisconsin. We 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 were counting on you. Now we're gonna have to watch Northwestern play Ohio State. Thanks a lot, you jerks. Um. So Northwestern has veritably clinched the West, uh, and is just winning coast. in just put it in the park. playoff. Northwestern is winning in national champ. Let's put it like that. That's wow. let's just call it what it is. And and you've seen their remaining schedule. Yeah, it's 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 uh they'll be favored in three of their four games, so one upset away from the playoff. Um, let me list all the teams that Northwestern ranks ahead of in yards per play: UMass, Kansas, Utah State, Cal, Syracuse, WKU, UNLV. <laughs> they're they're below uh, FIU, Temple. They're below wow. Mississippi State. Yikes. Wow. That's not um it's fine. Sure. <laughs> you know. Um, I have a note here that says Ryan invented a game just to make Spencer mad and he so, didn't even warn him first. Which so did Holly did, 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 Ho- did Holly leave leave? Because I do I would like her f- for this game if she's but if she's gone, that's okay. Uh are you willing to play the game to make me mad, Holly? Ryan wants to know. Are you willing to play the game that's going to make me mad? Because, yes, you would have to play it. Put your headphones back on. She, Holly, you can, you can just, you can just. I, I mostly want you to um, enjoy the game okay, from the well. sideline. I think you'll be. I th- Holly will be good at this game. Spencer will not. It's a game specifically for Spencer, but I think Holly will appreciate it. Um, my my wife Caitlin helped me come up with this, Spencer. I'm going to uh, list the title and a one-sentence summary of three musicals. One of them is fake, and you have to identify the fake musical. This has oh. nothing to do with college football. It's just to make you mad. Okay. Yeah, I'm good. Let's go. Okay. <clears throat> uh, the theme for this week, because, yes, I will be doing this every week, no matter how much people hate it. 
uh, is presidents. And we're going to start with musical number one. The title of this musical is The Lincoln Logs. Here's the summary. In this musical, two historians spend the night in the boyhood home of Abraham Lincoln, where they are visited by the ghost of the former president for several discussions on democracy, justice, and the soul of America. It's musical number one. Musical number two, Teddy and Alice. That's the title. This summary. The musical focuses on President Theodore Roosevelt's relationship with his feisty daughter, Alice, who smokes, dresses provocatively, and speaks her mind about foreign policy issues in an era when modest young ladies are seen and not heard. And the third uh, musical, the title is Assassins. Set in a sinister carnival game, this musical portrays a group of historical figures who attempted, successfully or not, to assassinate presidents of the United States and explores what their presence in American history says about the ideals of their country. Spencer, which of these three musicals is not real? So, I know Assassins is real. Okay. He, I'm sorry, he had me to blame for that. Yes. I, I, uh, okay, that's cool. And, a, and which is funny because that's the craziest sounding one. <laughs> no, it's, <laughs> it's fucking great is the problem. Sure. It's, like, yeah. That's not what anybody wants to hear. I even, I, and, and that's a Sondheim. So. Wow. He's getting, this is going to be, okay, good. This is going to be a tougher, a tougher task for me going forward than I thought, but that's well, fine. Um, the subject matter has come up a lot this year. So you know. Okay. So okay. that leaves that leaves Teddy and Alice or the Lincoln Logs. I think yeah. Teddy and Alice is real. So I'm going to say the Lincoln Logs is fake. Spencer, you have successfully completed wow. this week in name the fake musical. The Lincoln wow. Logs is a musical I made up. There is really a musical. It didn't last that long. Called Teddy and Alice, all about Teddy Roosevelt's uh, bad relationship with his daughter, who was just too mouthy for the time. Oh, you would have totally guessed Assassins if you didn't know about it. That's okay, though. There well, are there are stupider musicals I will regale you with in future weeks. He already knows about Carousel. That's fine. Um, okay. But but thank you. That is helpful. I will make sure to leave it off the list. Yep. And Holly, we'll talk about this later, obviously. Oh, obviously. At yeah. length. Okay. One, one might say that Ryan's planting seeds, taking a nut, God. letting it hit the ground, and sprout up in the future to confound me and possibly fall on me <laughs> pinning me to the earth it's just that that, it's also that this is the world's only musical theater podcast but sorry go ahead you you were doing a thing <laughs> i was doing a segue to... that's a great segue i yeah. would have guessed lincoln's logs because that sounds so ridiculous like singing about democracy i guess or like even talking about democracy or like acknowledging you, you thought the musical just... about the assassins seemed more likely yeah, yeah, yeah. I thought Link- <laughs> so here's what I was thinking. All right, okay, I was thinking, yeah. I was thinking. If I was playing this game, I would have thought Lincoln's logs. That's so ridiculous. That has to be real, right? That's the head right. fake. Oh, I see. But right. I would have fallen for it, right? Okay. And may- maybe okay. it's just that I'm like, oh, assassins. That sounds badass. Maybe that's it. Right. <laughs> maybe maybe that's the one I just want to be real. Um, speaking of wanting things to be real, money is a thing that we would all like to be real. Uh, this program is brought to you by Acorns, the country's leading saving and investing app. An app that lets you tuck away a few few nickels and dimes over time, slowly grow. Uh, for you know, for the, for those of us who used to have 401ks, 
This is the next best thing, man. It's, it's a 401k on your phone that actually works. It's helped over 8 million people save and invest in the background of life. You can set it up to automatically throw a few bucks in there on a weekly, monthly, whatever basis. Uh, connect to uh, various, let's see, let's scroll through here. We got eBay, Uber Eats, Walmart, Chevron, wherever you go. You can earn back a few bucks from each purchase. No expertise required. Different portfolios. You can say, I want, I want my one to five year plan. I want my 50 year plan. Yeah, man. Acorns. Visit acorns.com slash fullcast to claim your $5 bonus when you sign up. Takes under three minutes to start investing and saving in the background of life. There are also plans where you can get your kid going. You can get a heavy metal debit card with the big plan. The Rock uses it. I don't know what more you need. It's kind of like creating a, a, a secret treasure for yourself where like one day you'll wake up and be like, what? What mysterious benefactor left me? Who? Yeah, I'll tell Nicholas you what. Nicholas Cage, have... did you find this? <laughs> I have $10.01 in here right now. Damn. Um, I'm yeah. Gonna, I'm going to buy the Declaration of Independence. <laughs> so I got $5 from the full cast sign up. I got $5 uh, weekly recurring uh, deposit from myself. And also that one cent is in there from, <laughs> I guess I bought one thing. Um, don't buy a lot of stuff. Don't really go anywhere. That also saves money. Not going anywhere. <laughs> You're doing that now. We're gonna start. We're gonna start a free app called Not Going Anywhere. That's <laughs> Twitter. <laughs> Acorns.com/slash/fullcast. That was an excellent ad read. I would like to uh, discuss, by the way, what the media is afraid to talk about, which is Oklahoma State's triumphant weekend. I know that you might have seen in the mainstream media, you might have seen what the elites want you to see, which is that in the game we know is Bedlam, the usual outcome, which is Oklahoma winning, and poor Oklahoma State just trying to keep up and not quite getting there. Well, that happened again. That's what the elites want you to see. But over at OAN and the Gundy News Network, it's a valiant victory being taken as Oklahoma State again liberates the territory in the name of Cowboys and Freedom by defeating the Oklahoma Sooners. Stop the steal. <laughs> stop the stop it. Stop the count. So it, o, OU was up uh, allegedly according to MSNBC 21 nothing early on, right? Mhm. But no, Mike Gundy, he saw there weren't any signatures on those points. Right? Only legal points. He said Only we got legal a, we got a, scored. We got to audit those points, then we got to hand count them, then we got to run those points back through the machine, run through then the machine the, again. The faithless scorekeeper will will decide to do what's right for the Big Twelve. Yeah, then we'll throw it to the the house of football. Yep. Where yeah, this, the the Heisman legislature, Heisman yeah. <laughs> House, where we can surely count on Barry Sanders <laughs> to do the right thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, and then it's gonna go all the way up to um, Bill Hancock. Mm-hmm. Right, he's the Supreme Court. I guess it's going to go to Fansville. Yeah, Supreme it'll, Court of Fansville. It'll go to fa- Fansville, where Brian Bosworth is the bailiff, <laughs> and and the judge and the appellate judge. He is the it, whole law. The judge it, is 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 Reese Davis, right? Oh yeah, that's right. It's an it's an efficient system. Is what you're saying. Mm-hmm. 
Unlike ours. Multiple judges. No, no, no. Make them all Reese Davis. It'll be N- fine. Nine Reese Davises. I just... Did Oklahoma State I, know that, 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 like, that this game was important? Um... I remember I remember at several points Mike Gundy just punting <laughs> when they were right? within like yeah, when they were within like two and a half scores, roughly. Like <laughs> you don't like, just didn't punt now, nah, we we'd rather not. One of one of the weird the thing that was to me like particularly unusual was <clears throat> Oklahoma State got the ball back with thirty four seconds left in the um in the first half. And like they had they had kicked a couple of field goals to close it from a 20-point game to a 14-point game. <clears throat> and with 34 seconds, like, yeah, they're at their own 16, so it's not, like, super high likelihood. But, like, I don't know. You'd think you would, like, maybe try something. You've got a little you, – you've made a little bit of progress. You can, like, try something to get you to midfield and see if you have some options. And they just ran, they just, like, ran the ball once and went into the half. And that's it. And, like, they, they were going to get the ball first in the, in, the, in the third quarter. Like, I know that they lost their starting quarterback, um, Spencer, uh, Spencer Sanders, early in this, or in the middle of this game. So, like, that, I'm sure that had something to do with it, but it was just like, it felt weird watching an Oklahoma state team that could basically punch a ticket to the big 12 championship game and beat their, you know, in-state rival and do all these other things like kind of just say, nah, I mean, shit, they punted from Oklahoma territory in the fourth quarter. They had a third and eight. They had fourth and eight on the Oklahoma 39 and they took a delay of game and then punted mm-hmm. with like 12 minutes to play down 21 points. Like what the, I don't, I, it's weird. It's very it, weird. I guess it's, it's disappointing to see a proud OAN man like Mike Gundy mail it in. <laughs> the president warned us no mailing. Yeah, don't he said don't mail it in, but did you listen? <laughs> uh th- this was by the way the most Q game of the week because there were two Spencers. There's the false Spencer, and then there was the true Spencer. Is it weird seeing other Spencers for you? It's weird seeing two athletic Spencers, yes. Okay. One other I can assume was a mistake, but I see two and I'm like I feel shorted. I no, feel that's like where that's giving... where it all went. Like all the all the attribute <laughs> the points ones. for Spencer's got spent on others. That's really unfair because I'm wondering where my attribute points went. Beard? <laughs> Just max out beard on this one. <laughs> what else are we going to give him? Nothing else. <laughs> Absolutely nothing. Beard, Bob Dylan hate. That's it. Craig that's them both it. to 50. That's all he's got. Send him into battle with that. It'll be great. Ryan, I just searched, um, since we're on the subject of other Spencers, I just searched Nanny, and it appears you are the most famous. You're the first. Hey, you came up before the wiki page itself. That's good. I, so. um, I'm really uh, There's a lot the of br- soccer players with the name. Sure. There's, there's a very famous one who just has one N, N-A-N-I. No, that doesn't count. 
Okay. Is he Portuguese? I think so, yeah. Yeah. I think he was part of the golden generation that never won anything. That sounds like that does sound like me. Um don't compare yourself to the Portuguese men's wow. national team. Don't. No, okay. no, don't do that. That's, but I that's love a disservice. That's a disservice. And cork. <laughs> <laughs> and serving my rice with olives in it, no matter what I'm doing. But no, don't do that to yourself. Okay. <clears throat> yeah. Okay. Um Speaking of speaking of suspicious substitutions. Look at I, I want to know was, what Georgia you know what? Was, that wasn't bad. That really wasn't bad. Thank you. What uh, a I want I want to know what on earth Georgia was doing starting anyone else other than the JT Daniels at quarterback. <laughs> Cuz the last time any quarterback threw for 300 yards and four TDs in a game at Georgia it was 2013. JT Daniels did it. Yes, against Mississippi State, but in a game where they needed him to against Mississippi State. Because Will Rogers and the Mississippi State offense somehow moving the ball a little bit against Georgia. I think JT Daniels looked at the schedule and said, yep, those three games at the end, that those are the ones I want to play. Because it's <laughs> That's... Mississippi State, Vandy, and uh, I forget the last one. It's, uh, South Carolina? Yes, that's right. Yes. How could I forget? So like, then uh, is he doing the four-year uh, redshirt year thing, maybe? No, everyone redshirts this year. Yeah, so that's, that's right. right. That's right. Huh. No, I think he just said, like, He hey, was hurt, you know, right? He was he, hurt for the first He like, was hurt to, to, start, to start the year. I think he got better, and I think he said, mm, I don't know about, I don't know about playing these, these, like, maybe good SEC teams. That Mississippi State team, what do they got? 40, 40 dudes? 38? They got eight They got eight players. Oh, yeah. I think that sounds like a great first start for me. Thank you, Coach. I'm in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know because he looked awesome. He looked fantastic. Cool. I'm going to go I'm, ahead and just. I, 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 you know, I love to see a Georgia with expectations. He's going to throw for 2,000 yards these last three games going to get everybody real excited for next year that's what i want i want georgia thinking about next year i want them super excited go ahead if you end up playing in a bowl game just uh and it actually happens just you know, go off get thrilled get excited nothing bad oh, comes man. out of that georgia's got clemson that's gonna be a big win for the dogs <laughs> then they got uh you know out of the out of the west they get arkansas that's a win I'm sorry. Can we go ahead and stake what's going to happen with Georgia and Clemson right now? Yes. Ryan and I have already talked about this. Yes. Ryan, you want to lay it out? Sure. Um, Speak it into existence. Really feel it. To start the 2021 season, Georgia is going to beat Clemson. They're going to have a successful SEC campaign. They're going to make the playoff. They're going to play Clemson in the first round, and they're going to get absolutely trashed. Clemson is going to absolutely trash Georgia. Yeah. Yes. In the first round. Yes. In the first round, in the semifinal. Yeah. It's going to be a 1 4 matchup. Georgia's going to be feeling great. And they're going to get the doors blown off. Correct. Yep. By Clemson. The same Clemson team that they successfully beat in week one. (laughs) I like the semifinal aspect because if it's the final, that -hmm. means Clemson has won a game, they've defeated. you know the the number two seed and like right. oh you got to look out for Clemson. <laughs> no, nope, <laughs> little old number nope. four you already beat. Little him. little number four yeah. already got him. Yep, 
That's Georgia's twenty twenty one. Also, the championship. Georgia, you're going to the playoff next year. It's important to set manageable goals. <laughs> it does also make it the most college football game possible because it would be a playoff game featuring who's the best in the world at this sport. Somebody from Atlanta, right, from Athens, or somebody from Clemson. Two towns which are 10 seconds apart. Yep. Globally speaking. I like so that game, uh, the first round is being played Bank of America Stadium. Um, and then the second round would be, uh, oh, shit. It looks like that would be a Peach Bowl. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Ryan, you're definitely right now. <laughs> uh, so that would be uh, Peach. So the, uh, Oh, no, wait. Sorry. I think I have it wrong. Next year is an orange cotton year. Okay. So Georgia would be hosting Clemson in the Orange Bowl. Okay. I'll still take but, it. Yeah, Murphy maybe we can get God. it and switch it around. Um, yeah, this is all happening. Um, did anyone happen to catch any of Iowa State, Kansas State? No. 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 You didn't need to. You really didn't need to. Because cause Iowa State's in the lead in the Big 12, and they could win the conference, and they beat Kansas State 45 nothing. 45 nothing. I know Alabama beat Kentucky 63-3, and that's impressive, but they're Alabama. Iowa State, pretty sure the last time that Iowa State, per Reese Davis, the last time that they won anything was as a member of the uh, Missouri Valley Conference in 1913, want to say? Somewhere around there. 1912. <laughs> 1912. Yeah. And yeah. that was that was a conference... Because I, I looked. Oh, their last the conference day. title. Their last yeah. conference title was 1912. Um, the 1912 Iowa State Cyclones tied Nebraska for the Missouri Valley uh, champion uh, conference championship. Both teams went two and zero in conference play. Iowa State's two conference wins came over Missouri. They beat them 29-0, and Drake, who they beat 23-3. Does um. Does Iowa that State, do they have a banner for this? Please say they do. Prob- they probably have something for this. It is also worth noting that um, naturally they lost to Iowa this year, 20-7. <laughs> was that the, By the way, was that when they were being coached by Telegram by but Walter that, Camp? That Iowa team? No. No, this Iowa is, State. Iowa, the, Iowa State and Georgia <laughs> were um, coached by yeah. the same guy. No, this Walter, is I, the, Walter, the coach. Camp, of, yeah, Walter Camp the, managed to draw two paychecks at the same time once. No, uh, this the coach of Iowa State this year uh, was a man named Clyde Williams, who was an All-American football player a- as a player at the University of Iowa, and he is, the, he is in both schools' Hall of Fame. So really, this, conf- this conference championship technically belongs to Iowa as well. So we should name the El Asico Trophy after this man. After this dude? <laughs> to, yeah. to honor him. I'm looking around Iowa State Stadium, and I am not seeing a big old 19 <laughs> it's 1912 yeah 1912 I'm not, I'm not seeing a big 1912 anywhere no so. hmm. I really want is this by the way Matt Campbell has been Matt Campbell is the most dangerous man and is living the most dangerously of any coach in America because he hasn't pulled the ripcord on being successful at Iowa State yet that's what you do right you went oh he's ga- he is he has stayed at this casino table far too long yes and he's up. Oh, he's way up. 
but but the probability curve is right there. And it's ready to cave in on him at any minute. Yeah, except it probably won't. This I don't know. Maybe it won't. That I mean, feels very weird to say, but... This might... I mean, this, we thought, what, two, three years ago was a good time to cash out, but, I mean, this might be a really good time. <laughs> like, it, he might have played this perfectly. You know, last year, go, they go seven and six. They, you know, they lost two straight bowl games. Who cares? But, like, the, the upward trend was not continuing, and yet, it might be just steady enough that... uh might be a real nice job opening uh, up a couple so states to the east. Not to perhaps. get all, not to get all split zone duo, Godfrey on you. But what what job is going to open up that y- if you were Matt Campbell, you would say yes? I would rather go there. Like it's not like he's not getting paid reasonably well at uh, at Iowa State. So like, what is the what job that is going to open? Do you look at and say like yes, that would be the one to take? So per USATS dot, uh, database, he is currently making three point seven. Jim okay. Harbaugh is making <laughs> eight. eight. So yeah, but he has to go play. To he has to go play. The happier I'd be. <laughs> he has to go play triple overtime games against Rutgers. That ages. Yeah, them, yeah, but, we, but, but, but remember, whenever we're talking about uh, coaches changing jobs, we always do the brain thing where we're like, "Wow, if he could do this at Iowa State, just imagine." Oh, what he yeah, could, yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. Which is yeah. how we talk ourselves into every hire to begin with, right? Sure. Because like every hire is going to be better than it was at the smaller place. I don't know. If I'm Matt Campbell, I'm like, "Yeah, let's 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 uh, let's see if we can push this to four, five, six point, whatever." Yeah. I agree. I like I don't I don't see right now the job that would be like, oh yeah, definitely go take no, not at all. Like w- would you be like, oh, I'll take 6 million to go be the coach of South Carolina. It'd Fuck be that. Real, no, I, God, I mean, no. No. I but mean, Michigan, it'd be real, yeah. It'd be real hard to turn down Michigan. That's the one that I think if It if, shouldn't be. <laughs> Why is that? What 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 is so great about being the head coach of Michigan? You get six million dollars. Okay, yeah. that's that's fine. But like, if like, let's assume he can br- get that gap closer at mm-hmm. Iowa State. Like, mm-hmm. I, yes, he's not gonna he's not gonna get it all the way. But like, at some point, I don't know. I I don't see the do, appeal. Do, do you understand? He does not think he is not that dude. That is not how this works. If somebody, if Michigan so, comes so to Ryan, him and says, "Oh, you are the yes, dude. yes," I'm not saying I'm yes. I'm not saying Matt Campbell wouldn't do it. But what I'm saying is, why is coaching at Michigan so much better than coaching at Iowa State? I know I, I can hear myself saying it, and I know it sounds a little crazy, but I'm seriously asking, like, w- sell me. What is the pitch? So, like, Michigan, what's your big problem? you got to play Ohio State, and you got to play Penn State, <laughs> such as it is, right? And, and Rutgers. Um, and and you got to play Rutgers. That fucking sucks. But, like, all right, Ohio State, they're going to rec- recruit, you know, maybe as many as 10 spots ahead of you. Iowa State you got to play Oklahoma and Texas. And yes, Iowa State's beating Oklahoma. Eh, you know, sample sizes. Oklahoma's going to recruit 20, 30, 40 spots ahead of you. To me, that's the argument. Is uh Oh, you're going to be able to get It's, it's easy to look at what Harbaugh's done and he's fallen short and to think like, "Oh, Michigan can never close that gap." Well, I mean, like there's there's nothing like ma- there are no magical boundaries there that, you know, mean uh, every coach with these players is going to have these results and like Iowa State, if you stay there, they're always going to find the way to rabbit out a hat, you know, 
upset wins over Oklahoma. That, you know what I mean? The, like like the, the gap is just closer, cl- closer. That's the other thing. You're like Matt Campbell's just thinking about dudes he can get in the door and whatever you want to say about Michigan's various structural challenges as an institution. Michigan still gets dudes in the door. And Matt Campbell, when you come to him and say, hey, we're going to give you double your current salary. We'll give you the full power of the institutional weight of the University of Michigan. We will give you all of the recruiting that you have never had. Never. Not at Toledo. Not at Iowa State. And we will give you a fair shake because we know you've been at Iowa State for five years. You're here for the long haul. We gave this buffoon Jim Harbaugh a very long time to prove his case, and he didn't. <laughs> buffoon. We'll give... That's a good word. Yeah, and it's the appropriate one because even at his best, when he's really good at his job, Jim Harbaugh, mad buffoonish in kind of every single way, even when he's good. And then there's you, Matt Campbell. We'll give you – this is like – that's like – there's only a, about seven or eight jobs in college football like that. So from and his like, perspective, and, and he's never, by the way, he's not going to think like, oh, all the obstacles. This is not how these dudes think. No, yes, you're right. You're right. I think two things. One is 1913, right? Sure. <laughs> Ohio State's mm-hmm. greatest every year was before, might have been before my grandfather was born. Um, whereas Michigan has, I, I've seen a Michigan national title. Split. Nebraska settled down. Um <laughs> I've seen Michigan on the verge of two others. Mm-hmm. Granted, the spot was good. Um, but, like, Iowa State has been, I think they finished one season ranked in our lifetimes. Yeah. That doesn't also, go for Spencer, of course. But the other thing is, um, thinking of Scott Frost, right? We're like, oh, Scott Frost went 13-0 UCF. Just imagine what he can do with Big Ten talent. Well, right? So, like, it doesn't always work yeah, out like that. Doesn't it doesn't always, always work, work out, that, out no. that raising the ceiling raises the floor as well. <laughs> But if I told you, hey, you want somebody who can compete as an underdog, even if that was the assumption, which will not be the assumption by anybody in charge at Michigan or anyone writing the checks, they will not accept that role. But if they did, in the back of their head, you would say, well, who would we go get? Oh, I don't know. I might go get the guy who at Iowa State managed to beat Oklahoma, managed to beat Texas. That's that's a powerful argument. I hear all that, but I see, like... The example I always go back to is Chris Peterson, who stayed and stayed and stayed and stayed. And it's not like USC didn't try to go get him, and it's not like Texas didn't try to go get him. And he waited until he took a job that, like, felt good, like, was a good fit for him and also had, like, a manageable path to it. Mm-hmm. Like, if, if, if nothing else, Jim Harbaugh has shown that the expectations at a Michigan are very, 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 very high because it's not Rich Rod. It's not Brady Hoke. It's not like, holy shit. I mean, this year accepted. We're like struggling to get seven, eight wins. Like Michigan teams have largely performed. They just have not like checked the last box and that is fatal. Here is the very funny thing if he takes the Michigan job though. Entirely speculative, admittedly. Guess who Michigan plays in 2025 on the road and then 2026 at home? Is that Iowa State? The Oklahoma Sooners. Mm -hmm. Hey, guys. You again. Coming back around. Hey. (laughs) Oh, they'd be so pissed. So here's what we'll do, all right? So Pat Narduzzi takes the Michigan job. (laughs) Excuse me. Sorry. Uh, Which means Matt Campbell could finally get his dream job. 
At Pitt. That's right. Yeah. <laughs> he played one year at Pitt. So there we go. <laughs> this is what I. This is I assume what Ryan was trying to uh, yeah, serve yeah. Matt Campbell for is for I'm Pitt much, Panthers. Listen, I'm much happier with that outcome for myself, for Matt Campbell, for everything, <laughs> and because Pat Narduzzi is now the head coach of Michigan. Yeah. And it's hard to imagine anything funnier. <laughs> Holy crap. Why are you trying to kill people? You're trying to get people killed. You're talking to me? No. Oh. No. I'm, try- I'm, I'm, I'm talking to We Jason know why because- Holly's trying to get people killed, and the people is you. I, I know. But the so, Narduzzi, so like, Narduzzi yeah. of Michigan, just even saying that is really shaving seconds off people's lifespans as they hear it. Because I cannot think of a worse intro then here's former Michigan State defensive coordinator and current f- slightly above 500 pit coach Pat sure. Narduzzi. Pit short order cook. <laughs> here's the guy responsible for like five of your least favorite moments from the last decade. Here's Here to guy, provide some more of them. Here's the guy who can't figure out that seven is more than three. <laughs> That's what I want. I want analytics Michigan Twitter to meet Pat Narduzzi in their living room. Like, oh, God, he's in my suit. Have, he's in have, the building. Have you ever been to, like, a, a very crappy motel where they just, like, put objects? Yes. They didn't fix the holes in the wall. They just put objects over them? Mm-hmm. That's Pat Narduzzi, an offense. I feel like, like... Ah, don't worry about it. That said, Pat Narduzzi just fucking put it on Virginia Tech. You know who wishes he had not jumped to a Power 5 job? Justin fucking Fuente. That's who. Never leave Memphis. Never leave Memphis. How's that gone for everyone who's left Memphis? The whole point of a pyramid is that you're not supposed to leave. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) Uh, Fuente should have stayed. Norvell. Just ask Aida. Aida's not going to be appearing on the musical list. Oh, no, he already knows about that one, too. I know. Oh. Another insane one that if you told me about without knowing about it, I'd be like, no way. Oh, there's actually a fact about Aida that I didn't tell you mm. when telling you how Aida ends. And to be clear, I'm talking about the Elton John Tim Rice Aida. Mm-hmm. Uh, I told you how that Aida ends, right? Uh, friends, you can look it up at home. This version of Aida is not based on the original opera Aida. This version of Aida in which the lovers end by being buried alive in a pyramid is based on a children's book. <laughs> Hell yeah. Moving on. Wait, wait, wait. How you spell Aida? In the A I A I D A. I know her. Aida. I know her. She works at the Huddle House. Mm. Aida, uh, get over here. Um in the musical, do they actually show the collapse on stage? Like is it a Oh no, it's not a collapse. They're entombed in a pyramid. But did they show it? Do they show like the the doors and the? Oh yeah, that slowly slides shut over the last song. Wow. Is it so? Is there an embalming song? No, they're not dead. They're buried alive. <laughs> okay, but they're, they're not embalmed. embalmed. <laughs> they're not embalmed alive. They're, they're embalmed not embalmed alive. alive. Right. No, that would be awesome. I would actually love a really jaunty march as someone's brains are pulled out so through their nose with a pull- long brass hook. So now we're getting out the hook and we're Don't, pulling no, out stop, the brains. Stop no. it. He's, no, he's, he's beyond. It's all right. I got it. I deserve every bad thing that happens to me. <laughs> the, uh... In retrospect, I can't tell if I'm questioning whether Iowa State, it, whether Michigan is a significantly better job than Iowa State because I believe it or because my brain is just conditioned to say and do things that make Michigan fans really mad. I like, I don't them, even so know I'm if I made that choice or if my brain was like, yeah, do it and sound serious. And they'll be so pissed. 
I, I, I liked it because it felt like an obvious question that you still have to work to answer, right? So like, sure. <laughs> you yeah. know, like, like sometimes it's good to just challenge those things that, you know, should this be an obvious answer? Well, and you see this with a lot of college football coaching searches and a lot of things in college football anyway, that the people who write all the checks are people with money who never get told that any of their ideas are bad. So when they float something, it's just taken as, you know, just an idea to throw around. So someone in Michigan, and I want to be in the room when this happens, they will say, you know, Jeff Ross will just go like, heard good things about this Hugh Freeze guy. Now, you and I, <laughs> you and I both, as people who cover the sport, know 3,000 things more about Hugh Freeze than billionaire Jeff Ross, right? Like, we know. I don't know. Jeff Ross spends time in Miami. He might, he might have bumped into <laughs> <laughs> that says really bad things about him but so I'll i mean we down. know the fall whales hang out in miami there are photos <laughs> the best thing about that fall ball in miami photo in miami he looks so happy he does <laughs> like it's him yeah. and live and he's like it's where i belong baby in the right, club. Let, me, let me ask one more difficult question would you leave the iowa state job for the ucla job no yeah, man, I'd love to live in L.A. Who wouldn't <laughs> want to do that? Go work at the Rose Bowl in front of 8,000 people every week? That's awesome. <laughs> yeah, I'd do that. They got a good flea market at the Rose Bowl, so. Sure. Play a little golf around the stadium. Sure, yeah. There's a little bike trail. It mm-hmm. would be real cool to go from Ames to L.A. because in Ames, I imagine everybody's like, hey, there's the football coach who's a friend of mine because I see him on the TV. And I can discuss things with him to go into L.A. where people are like, you see what? <laughs> right. God. Chip. Chip who? I would fucking love if Chip Kelly just like peaced out in the middle of a game and just went and started hitting golf balls. I'd love him for that. Or, or if he hit golf balls from the sideline. Sure. <laughs> Why up. not? Yeah, I'm going to hit it over. It's I'll a lob wedge. Later. It's safe. Shut up. Yeah. <laughs> angles, baby. It's just angles. Just lay the club face. Ba- Shut up. Yeah. There's nobody up there. <laughs> There's nobody here. He's right. Nobody He's cares. Right. Third down, whatever. I don't know. Draw. Draw. Um, I'm sorry. You were talking about Hugh Freeze. But if they, int- but like somebody will float, like some rich person in the room at Michigan will go, what about this Hugh Fre- Freeze guy I hear about? Because the rest of their life is clo- is clogged with like, percentages and interest rates and all sorts of various market info and the new carpet samples that they have for their fourth house and oh. everything else that clogs the brain of somebody who has too much money and not enough time and they will have heard the name Hugh Freeze and they will float it like it is not the funniest and worst idea that they've ever had in their life. This is how it's going to happen. This is how it's going to happen. So so Hugh is his middle name. His first name is Danny. He's Danny Hugh Freeze Jr. So he's going to quietly send a resume as Daniel Freeze the second. Mm, yeah. And they're going to see that and they're going to be like, well, my lawyer's name is Daniel. Let's take a look at this. Oh, well, quite the resume. That's how he's going to do it. Hugh Freeze has an inter- has like a paper trail on the Internet. Daniel Freeze the second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to Google that right now. No, 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 no. D.H. Freeze the second. D.H. Freeze. <laughs> All right. D. H three two. Oh yeah, don't Google that. Never mind. Uh, no, there's the first, like the first result is terrible. Yeah, 
There's a there's a murder thing, but yeah. Uh, so so Perfect. go back to Daniel. Go back to Daniel. Sure. Daniel Freeze the Daniel second. Freeze the second. Mm. Yeah, just LinkedIn. It's fine. Is he LinkedIn is, he a, LinkedIn is like Michigan porn. It's this is, is perfect. He, is he from the is he from the gross point phrases? Absolutely. Gross point? Oh, that's good. Yeah. I mean like that. Freeze, he must be from the UP. <laughs> <laughs> He's gritty. I and heard his, the- his grandfather invented the walk in freezer. That's where the name <laughs> comes from. He comes just- from money. I just see, like, Hugh Freeze introduced at the University of Michigan. He wouldn't even stop at the podium. He'd just keep walking, right? It'd be like, Hugh Freeze. And he'd get one look at the reporters and just keep walking. Just be like, just give me the buyout. I'm done. God, imagine, the, <laughs> imagine the fucking book they're going to write after he goes eight and four. And that, they, book, that book's <laughs> called One and Out. <laughs> oh, you're, no, you're missing, though. The name... The name allows for such brilliant wordplay, sure. right? Sure. Freeze warning. One year at the University of Michigan. God. With a triumphant victory over Illinois. Hell freezes over. How Hugh Freeze <laughs> orchestrated Michigan's greatest victory over listen, Indiana. You, listen. How Hugh Freeze stopped a losing straight to the Hoosiers. Listen, you, you Philistines, you hypocrites. You listen to me and you hear it because you know it's true in your heart. It would be a disaster in a lot of other ways. It would impugn the integrity of the University of Michigan. It would be horrible. It would be giving money to somebody who I think deserves no more money. It would be bad and it would have a negative impact for everyone involved. But it, but you know what would happen if Hugh Freeze were the coach at the University of Michigan? Do you know what would happen if you gave him two years? He'd beat Ohio State. I don't know how it would happen, wow. but it would happen. That man beat Alabama twice. Then he'd get a hand job in uh, Sault Ste. Marie. <laughs> Who hasn't been there, Dan? Hugh, Hugh if you're listening to this, uh, Holly is my boss. Um, Godfrey is her boss. And Alex Kirshner is his boss. So please just go straight to Alex with all your complaints. And I am the athletic director at the University of Illinois. <laughs> And I sent that tweet. I thought you were the governor. I'm also the governor. 